0: This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here is my strong and magnified co-host, Yawn.
1: Strong and magnified. I was power-hungry last time you talked about this subject, and apparently didn't mind that, so I'm going to enforce my rule you know what, even further.
0: Loving you may it? as well double down to it. It's <laughs> clearly, clearly working for you. Hey, the illusion of power is all I need, right? Indeed, indeed. We, uh, as as Jan mentioned, we're we're continuing on the corporate culture train. We're looking at a, or inspired by, I would say, a Harvard Business Review article about creating the best workplace on earth, and they've got really kind of six major points. We covered the first two on the uh, the last uh, epi- the last uh, corporate culture episode, so we're onto the. The remaining four, and we'll uh, we'll see if we manage to knock these four out in this episode. It's going to depend entirely on how much time we talk about each one. So let's see. Yeah,
1: let's not waste time. The first one today is magnifying people's strengths. It sounds like a non-brainer, does it?
0: It does, but... How many times have you seen people kind of plugged into a role or asked to do a task or, you know, something along those kind of lines when they were clearly not the right person to do that task, but maybe they were available or they were, um, yeah, there's a, I don't know who came up with this quote initially or where I first heard it, but there's a saying, uh, availability is not a skill set. And yet <laughs> all too often you see that, oh, well, so-and-so's you know, got some cycles. We'll let them do that particular thing. Even if it's you know, something that's fully out of their wheelhouse or they have no interest in that or you know, they're actually not the right person to ask to do that particular thing.
1: I'm going to contradict the, counter a little bit and say that making yourself available or having a mindset that is available is part of a skill set. Because there's a lot of people that are, I'm doing my job and you want to do, want to, I'm doing my job. You, there is yeah. an avail, there's a skill set part of availability, definitely. But yeah, just uh, because there's a, a warm body somewhere and he needs to do something to <laughs> before he punches out on the clock so let lets him do it or her do it, that's indeed not the best way of using people. But it does happen a lot, and even before I'd say task assignment happens, but even in the hiring phase of people, there's already differentiation there between companies that hire people for their talents, their interests, their full rounded body mindlessness I don't know how to say the words. There's often quite the idea of we have to hire somebody to fill a role today, so we're looking for the perfect person to do this particular role. Totally not looking at potential of growth where the people can go on. And that's an important part of hiring as well. Not just hire for what you need today, but make sure that what you need today becomes what you will need tomorrow. So you don't have to fire people. Because in the
0: end, the <laughs> I tasks would have longevity. Yeah. I would say that's absolutely essential. And if you're not thinking about that when you're hiring people, then you're insane. Um, I I can't imagine trying to hire someone and not thinking about where they'll be in the organisation six months, twelve months, a year, two years. I think it's five years even from that point. Even if you don't know what your organisation might look like at that point, you can. You can still interview people and you can talk to them about you know where where they would like their career to go where they would like to see themselves you can't promise that any of those things will happen of course like no one knows what the world will look like five years from now we could all be living underwater um but uh uh well, certainly, certainly, you in the in the Netherlands. I live underwater. Uh, water. You know, the, yeah, uh, you you live underwater at the moment. You just happen the the ground happens to be dry today, but uh, <laughs> you know, one of those dikes bursts, and 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 you'll be uh, you'll be developing gills and uh, and web feet in no time. I'm on the first um, floor, and the water level is two meters above me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I I think. It is absolutely essential to be employing people and having a view on uh, you know where they could help develop uh, in the future like the The idea of recruiting someone and just thinking about plugging them into a role that you've got today is is crazy to me because if you more often than not if you think about just how they fit an organization today and you've got no idea how they'll uh, how they'll develop into your organization tomorrow or the day after and you know the, the year after that and who however long it is then chances are that they'll probably just leave anyway like they'll just they'll just they'll just depart and I think some of this is I've spent a lot of my more recent years in startups of a variety of different sizes so I think so I'm very much geared towards that sort of uh, that sort of mindset of hiring people and working with people and working for people that see a, a career progression for themselves. Uh, it's been well, it's been a very long time since I've worked for uh, any sort of very very large, you know, hundreds of thousands of people type organization, and I think there are many folks in those kinds of organizations that are just looking for somewhere that they can, you know, go to, turn up to enjoy what they do, hopefully, but you know, they're not necessarily looking to advance their career or or grow in any particular direction. They just want to do a job that pays a salary that they don't hate and and get on with life. And again, that's, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Hey, Salary payment is an important part. I mean, if I didn't need the money, I, not sure what i would be doing but probably something in the same vein but with different stress levels let's call it that um I, I do do everything that that's fair. we're quite biased here because we both live in the technology yes. environments where certainly the last couple of decades innovation has gone at such as such a clip at a fast pace that you need to have a mindset of continuous education and changing precepts and moving along and that has already filtered down into the whole hr hiring thing ideally i mean it's definitely going to be exceptions Mm. there but i do think this is very specific still to the technology environment and other very large companies and the one i have in mind here is actually mcdonald's uh not because i like mcdonald's specifically or not actually never go there, but I read in one of the articles for the research here that they actually spend a lot of money on building up the workforce, making them, the managers get give people skills and even the lower down people. And the, they have a big investment in all of that. So it's not just technology environment. I mean, it's also technology they do coexist mm. and they do interact a lot obviously but they're totally different things but i would assume that if you're working for manufacturing or something like that there's a different mindset there and i wouldn't be as 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 positive as, as convinced that they have that same thing there now and that's a problem because the technology world is invading all the rest of it I mean, just looking at how the chip shortage today is affecting mm. pretty much every industry in the world, from food production to manufacturing to whatever, technology becomes available everywhere, and that, that fast pace is starting to be part of every organization, every company out there.
0: I, I also think that this comes down to You you probably, I'm sure you've seen this before, right? when we're talking about magnifying people's strengths, Um, like not everybody wants to be a people manager. Not everybody wants to, uh, manage. I, I do tend to gravitate towards that, but I have also been, I've, I've kind of flipped between individual contributor and, you know, people manager leader a, a number of times throughout my career, just as different companies have have interested me for different reasons uh some people i know Jan, you yourself you've you know talked regularly about the fact you've no real interest in being a, a people manager uh, per se but that's different from being a leader yeah. you can be a leader Technical in an organization leadership. yeah exactly without having to manage people those are two very different things and i think when you're talking about magnifying people's strengths for me this is one of those elements you know giving people a technical path for their for their growth if that's something that they they see themselves doubling down on investing on is absolutely as important potentially even more important i'll get on to why in a second but potentially even more important than just providing guidance for people who are who see their careers developing into a people management role at some point in the future. Um, I think one of the reasons that I think that providing people technical career paths is more important, maybe, or more important is probably not quite the right way to put it, but one of the reasons why I think it deserves more attention is because you're always going to have uh, and we 've all uh, we 've all seen the, this situation before you 're always going to have more individual contributors than you are managers like if Hopefully. that ratio is <laughs> yeah well like if that ratio is the other way around then uh something is uh, is, is severely wrong and we 've already we've we 've all heard the uh, uh, all, all seen the various cartoons of uh of sort of uh, a number of people with bull horns in a in a sort of a a rowing boat uh, in the front and then one person paddling at the back and like under misunderstanding as to why that's not going faster. Um, and so I think provide, given that there will always be, or there should always be more individual contributors than there are managers, making sure that there's that career sort of path for individual contributors for technical people. Um, again, clearly we're biased by the industries that we work Mm -hmm. in, but, that's still a, a really kind of critical path. And I'm still amazed to this day how many organizations still get this wrong and how many individual contributors think, oh, God, I really don't want to manage people, but the only way I can see myself getting a a promotion or a raise or, a, or more recognition or more responsibility is to go and manage people. And I, I don't really want to do that. Like, to me, that's... That's crazy. Like the, the, you should always be able to find uh, a, a career path as an individual contributor. And I think that's what I was saying earlier about if for many people, if you can't not just show them that, but follow up on that and actually deliver that to people, then, you know, they'll go somewhere else where they can see that career path if they are, you know, that, minded that way and influenced that way.
1: Even if they can't see the career path, they'll still move away because one way of getting a a pay rise is by starting a new job Typically, So that's one thing as well. But um, when you are talking there, I don't like the term individual contributor. I know Mm -hmm. what's meant by it, but I don't like it because (laughs) when I go look at a new company to potentially work for, one thing I Mm -hmm. look for is they should have two career paths the people career path and the technical career path. And in both career paths, you have the individual contributors and the group person. I see that there's no opposite for individual contributor except manager, but that's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And what I mean here is that if you look at the the, the people leadership, then the lowest level manager should be seen as this individual contributor in that career path, even though he's already leading people. And on the same part, on the technical part, the junior developer may be individual contributor, but senior people will, yes, contribute individually, but by their experience, by knowledge sharing, by mentoring, mm. by whatever, also become yeah. more than a, as an individual contributor, but they still have that label, individual contributor, because they're not in the people yeah. management part. So I don't like that term. And for me, a company, if I'm going to work for you, I'd have a very very compelling thing that I really want to work with. I mean, if you ever, no, I'm not going to say that. That's possible. But I always will look that there is a possibility on the technical part to also have a growth part that is in sync. And typical yeah. good companies there, the CEO has a certain salary, career, band, whatever. There should be a part in the technical level to achieve that same amount of recognition and enumeration. Both yep. are important there. And in the same way that you only have one CEO and a whole lot of middle management and even more lower management, you should have a lot of individual contributors on the technical part and only a couple of very senior principal, whatever you want to call them, give it a name, at the top there as well. There should be pyramids on both ends and kind of be in lockstep. And that's very important because it shows to me that it's a company that isn't trying to fit boxes with correctly labeled people but is looking Mm. at development at enrichment at making the person better after he can i say inevitably leaves and moves on because at some point in time we all go for another career or another job somewhere else because at some point, I guess, even as diverse a job as you can have, there will become a point after 20 years, I guess, that it becomes kind of repetitive or, yeah, I mean, things change and that's good. But still, yeah. then you should build in your people.
0: I, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, I think the, the loaded word of words, I guess, an individual contributor and manager. I think those are, you're right, those are the generic terms and they by themselves do not lend to the impact that perhaps a quote-unquote individual contributor at a senior level makes. I think yeah. that's absolutely a fair point. I don't know off the top of my head what is a better word <laughs> to describe it, but I, I, I agree actually. I think that's a that's a really good point because as You know, a more senior individual contributor. You're you're absolutely right. They're mentoring, they are influencing others. They're driving technical strategy. They're they're having a a level of impact in an organisation that is you know significant and uh, consumer to their the level that they are in that organisation. I probably needs to be a better word or a better phrase to describe that i think individual contributor is is the label that we slap on that today but i don't i think you're right i don't think that gives the influence that those you know individuals can have enough gravitas it's a label and i can
1: see where it came from but Hmm. personally I mean, we've used it quite. I've used even I have used it quite a bit in this series on corporate culture because it's the name people use.
0: But it, it's yeah, it's a known. Yeah. It's a it's something that everybody uses. Therefore, most people, or not everybody, most people use, and therefore most people understand what it means. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a better way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel for personally.
1: I, I, I'm going to say affronted if I'm labelled that. I mean, I'm a principal solution architect. I worked hard to achieve that i do feel i have a broader impact than just the things that i'm typing on my computer and yeah i mean it's then again
0: labels are labels labels are never good you should never look at labels anyway unless you're trying to find out which tins have got beans in it in which case definitely use the label don't open all the tins and and blindly and, and hope that one of them's got beans in
1: yeah, I love the surprises. I mean, uh, don't you just go to the <laughs> shop to rip off all the labels, put them in the closet, then <laughs> just open something and you get I don't know chicken noodles with uh, peaches or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> that actually sounds good. <laughs> right. It sounds a bit tired to me.
1: Anyway, um, maybe just to finish this one off. The article did kind of yeah. put at the bottom there a important warning label, which I do think it's worth uh, focusing a little bit on and it is that you can't go halfway here. If you have a company culture that actually is investing in the strength and you make this public and you go on, you make blogs and seminars and speeches and how you are like this, you have to go full, full in. You can't go halfway and then think, oh, I've done enough, I can kind of pull it back now again because it's very good. It can give you very big reputation capital very quickly but it's very volatile because mm. the moment people feel betrayed the moment people can prick the balloon and make it burst you will lose a lot more than you actually gained by doing mm. all the effort before so if you're going to go that path and you should basically that's what we're saying here be prepared yep. that this is a just as the previous two points we talked about last time it's an ongoing commitment that will require resources yeah. it's not something that just
0: happens yeah yeah they they talk about it being high risk high reward and couldn't couldn't agree more uh, i i personally think the the risk is worth it i think the reward is is significant and i think it is something that we should all should all definitely aspire towards so this next point is is kind of interesting so this the point is called stand for more than shareholder value and this i this i think is um an interesting one because i've certainly worked at organisations where for example um you know during periods of volatility you know leadership has effectively said ignore the share price ignore what's happening in the stock market ignore the value of your you know options or RSUs or or whatever you are at at any given stage of your organization. You know, that value will come. Um, just focus on doing a great job. And I I've never really known how I feel about those kinds of conversations. Because to your point earlier, Jan, like we we all work or the majority of us at least, work because we need to work. We need to earn a wage. We've got bills to pay. Hopefully we enjoy what we do and hopefully that it it gives us some sort of value and and some sort of thing outside of the fact that just it pays the bills. But we do this because it pays the bills or that's a, a significant contributor to the reason why we work. And when I, I i think this messaging comes out of there's only so much that and i'm going to use the word that jon hates again uh, there's only so much that you as an individual contributor or actually no as an individual um with your manager or yeah much better i see uh but you as an individual can do to influence you know shareholder value and and the stock price and all those sorts of things so i I I understand why that gets communicated but I I also don't really think it makes sense for you to say oh you know don't worry about the stock market do- what the stock market's doing you're all doing great just just plow on regardless there's definitely a if your share price is continuing to go down and down and down and down like that's got to give you cause for concern you can't just ignore that that's got to influence your decision and your thoughts on you know is this maybe is this the right place for you to to stay
1: um yeah just harking back to the you have to work because you want to earn money what i always say is i work because i want to earn money i work here where i work Mm. because i want to work here
0: yeah very good very point
1: makes a difference but yep. the share price thing is also an interesting one because you're right, when the share price goes down and gets hammered, something is wrong somewhere and somebody needs to fix something, Are you going to go bankrupt, obviously. But the reverse isn't true. It's not because your stock price is going through the roof that the company has more money or is earning more money. That's totally separate from each other. Stock mm-hmm. price has no direct influence on the company itself except perhaps for publicity reasons, marketing reasons. <laughs> it's it's nice to have a, a stock prices going up because that means you're a good company and you'll probably attract more customers that way because people trust you as a company doing well, whatever. But at the bottom line the company itself, if the stock price doubles, we don't have more money to spend on our people because that's not uh, that's not the money that the company owns. Mm. So on the one hand, stock price should be a reflection of the health of the company, which isn't always the case because sometimes stock prices are totally out of whack. But I do understand that, yeah, I'm not working for this company to make the shareholder more money. I'm working for the company I work for because I have the occasion, the, 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 the chance to hopefully help people do intelligent, interesting, productive stuff that does more than that. I mean, we can take COVID as a perfect example here. Definitely in the technology sphere, a lot of stuff has happened in technology that helped the world attack the COVID situation. And I feel in a small individual contributor way perhaps, (laughs) but a little bit, I I feel that I have contributed in a small way to making the world fight of COVID a bit. And that's Mm. worth a hell of a lot more. Then the fact that our stock price, I have, have been a while <laughs> that I watched it. I'm assuming it's doing okay because I guess my colleague, there's always some colleague that yells at how the stock goes down. But that is a lot less at the end of the day. I mean, I read it in one of the articles I looked up. Not sure if it was this article or another one, where the author wrote something in the vein of when you're on your deathbed, are you going to think about what you achieved or how much the stock went up at a certain point in mm. time?
0: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. But I mean, this—the particular point here is that uh, profit is, or should be, an outcome of the pursuit of other, more meaningful goals. Many companies in public ownership have lost their way uh, with it and a sense of who they are. And I, again, I, I agree wholeheartedly with this. Like the your you should be working on things that are important you should be you know delivering a high quality of work you should be you know motivated and enthused with what you're what you're providing uh, and all of those things will come together hopefully to drive profit but the like those are two different sets of indicators. Those are two different sets of, of values, and they don't, don't try and conflate the two together, because they are very different. Yeah, what we do in the tech world, or even, even broader than that,
1: have the example of where it actually went very, very wrong, and that's the patent trolls. Mm. They produce nothing. They just earn money for the stocks, for the shareholders yep there should be a law against that
0: well continuing on because we are running out of time uh, the next one is show how the daily work makes sense and again this is this is one of those uh, surely this is common sense but again it's surprising how often common sense doesn't seem to be very common the the idea here is to make sure that everyone understands how what they do matters, how what they do perhaps contributes towards the overall company's goals or um, strategy or whatever it might be. And it's, I think this is one of those things that it depends on your organization and your role in the organization as to how easy or how difficult it is to, to do this um i think if you're for example if you're in the the commercial part of the organisation you're in the the go to market function you're in sales or pre sales or you know something like that um there's a relatively direct line between the the work that you do and hopefully the revenue that 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 company sort of brings in every Every month, every quarter, whatever it might be, um, for for people that are in maybe engineering roles, it's a little bit more opaque. But you would think, but it's still reasonably easy to explain. You know, the the products that engineering develop are the things that then the go to market organization is selling, and so it, it's your. <sighs> further back maybe in the value chain, if that's even a thing. But without those links in the chain, then the rest of it all just falls apart. So you're an absolutely critical and integral part. And I think if you go back even further, let's say you're in the the people ops sort of um, sphere or something like that. You're in recruiting or in... Um, you're a business partner or something like that then you know making sure that people are happy and healthy and uh you're recruiting the right people and sourcing the right people and you know plugging people into the right teams that've got the right skills that you know go into engineering or go into go to market or you know it's for me at least the way i think about this is it's all about this kind of value sort of chain of where um you know, you're contributing towards something strategic that the the organisation cares about. And, you know, I use a financial kind of measurement, but not all measurements are financial. But I think that's just one of the one of the simplest ones to draw a line between mm-hmm. all of these different kind of links. But it's not the only type.
1: Yeah, and the the the, the flip side of the medal, there of course, is that the company needs to make sure it makes mean it generates meaningful jobs. And mm. that's also correlated with the things we talked about before about personal growth of the, con- uh, the individuals, the the, the the being able to enrich yourself. If I'm in a job and there's no growth path, that can never be a job that actually makes sense in the long run because it's going nowhere literally. So for a yeah. company and the people part of it there, it's important to have the the positions that the functions make sense in that kind of growth pattern so that actually makes a daily work make sense because you're building towards something not just towards more money for the company but more maturity for yourself more anything whatever and that's yeah. a responsibility of the company and of course, also of the individual to make sure that you grasp the potential the possibilities there and actually do something with that. Because it's very easy as an individual to take a job that has a growth path and say, nah, this is fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the flip side of this to me is also um, particularly interesting. I, I've lived this life uh, some time ago now, but like when. <clears throat> when maybe someone driving strategy has what I call shiny object syndrome, and they kind of bounce from one sort of hot new thing that everyone needs to be doing to the next hot new thing that everybody needs to be doing. And you you end up in a position where you really do question, well, like, why am I even doing this? Like, this makes no sense because I know that, you know, a week, a month, a quarter, six months later, um, you know, someone that's driving strategy will will have pivoted across to the yeah. next new hotness and all of this work that I've done over the last week, month, quarter, year or whatever is just going to get, you know, binned yeah. and we'll be on a new trajectory that will also then another, however, t- whatever time period down the line will yeah. get shifted again. And, they, yeah, and that,
1: people that, are smart. They'll pick it up. They'll figure it out.
0: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it doesn't take very long to see these patterns and it doesn't take very long for the aftermath of that to to take hold of an organization and it's the, it's not about making sure that you' you never evolve. It's not about making sure that you don't um, that you don't innovate or that you don't uh, you know change direction. It's about making sure that there's a certain amount of commitment and uh, consistency to the direction that you're heading in this organization.
1: It's in the title. It must make sense. You must mm. have a plan. And maybe the plan goes wrong. Fine. You learn something. And maybe the ch- plan changes.
0: Plan evolves. All plan good. Plans should
1: change. Plans should always change. Yeah. Uh, God, God laughs at well-made plans or something like that is the expression, I think. That's basically how it works.
0: Yeah. Indeed um and then the final the final sort of major point here again i i really i really do love this article but it it's it's have rules people can believe in and this is uh, again this is one of these things that sounds relatively common sense mm, but yet it's surprisingly how often some of these fundamentals are missed so this is talking about. Um, if this doesn't mean that there are, are there are no rules, but it means that arbitrary or random or like unnecessary rules are are removed, and instead you have rules in place. But there's a clear, uh, explained reason that that rule exists, and it's it's done in a way that makes sure that people understand the impact of we you know if we didn't have this rule then these things would happen these things are bad for our organization because of whatever it might be and it it's again about kind of drawing a clear correlation I guess between the reason this rule exists the impact that it has and the 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 reason why this kind of all flows through
1: yeah, for me, actually I think this is a repeat of the first one or the, one of the first ones, which is uh, radical honesty, openness, transparency. Because yeah. it's one thing to have rules that make sense and not have arbitrary rules, but even rules that make sense, you have to give the people enough information, context around why that rule is actually yeah. implemented so that people believe the rule is a good rule. And mm. the article actually specifically puts out that employees are, uh, increasingly, are increasingly skeptical about purely hierarchical power. I mean, it's not because the CEO says yes, that it's a yes. Or, so, I mean, sure, if it's a startup that's grown to a multi-billion dollar company, that CEO clearly has knowledge and insights and stuff like that. But that today isn't enough. Even at those points, you can't just say, do it. Why? Because I told you so. Hey, it didn't work when my mother told me that. It's not going to work when my boss tells me that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, indeed, indeed. I I think this is one of those areas where it's it's about giving people that, as you say, it's about giving people that context. It's about giving people uh, reasoning behind why, you know an SLA exists for example or why a, a response time is there or why you need to give people a certain amount of notification before these things uh, can be done and in some cases it'll be a a soft thing you know an organizational thing well you know we need 24 hours before we can notice before you can tell someone that you know this is happening because they need time to prepare for it. They need, you know, to to do whatever it might be. There are some things where the rules will need to be in place for regulatory or compliance reasons because that's the law. And this law, you know, if we break this, there's a there's a fine of you know such and such an amount, or you know, we'll get closed down, or whatever it might be. But you know, just having that level of clarity between, you know, this is the rule. This is why it exists. This is the impact of this rule and and just making those things clear to people.
1: Yeah, the world actually had a big wake up call on this point in the last uh, 12 months with the whole uh, COVID-19 situation. Because governments were kind of forced to put down new rules about maximum amount of people being able to come together, things like that. And a lot of countries at the beginning made the mistake of putting down the law without making the people understand why it was important to make it mm. work. And a lot mm. of the anti, put in your, own, your own name here, the, the people that were against the rules, came from a position of, can I say, ignorance? Be, or uh, yeah. of misunderstandings, perhaps a better word. Because of lack of understanding, well, yeah. And some people didn't want to understand, there's always that group as well, didn't so we're, that, yeah. we're not gonna talk about those but a lot of the people simply didn't understand why you had to wear a, a, a thing in front of your mouth. I mean, for some people, it's you're in the medical world, it's all fairly evident why things are there, but not everybody has the same knowledge. And again, yeah. making sure people can see why rules make sense is such a big marketing approach, if you like. It can't be yeah, underestimated how important it is.
0: Mm, yeah fully agree fully agree so i mean those are the the six kind of points really those are the the things that this particular article um sort of calls out any sort of fundamental things you think that are are worth echoing at the end here
1: um not one thing i want to echo perhaps from the From last episode was that even though this article is from twenty thirteen, way before the whole COVID thing, now that we're coming out of COVID thing, they all still make sense. This is stuff, it's not something that it's not the new snake oil of the day, it's not the news these are just fundamental things that make sense. A lot of common sense in there, but still a lot of organizations struggle with and the mm. reason that we started this corporate culture uh, the thread the of our of episodes the whole base camp thing i mean just point by point you can kind of point it back to the base camp fiasco why things went wrong because simple mm. these simple steps
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely
1: Maybe end with the conclusion that the article also uh, pulls out because I do like the way he, he wrote it here or they wrote it here. Work can be liberating, or it can be alienating, exploitative, controlling, and homogenizing. And yeah, I know where I want to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's all be liberated. Let's all be enjoying a a liberating work experience. Oh, I had a flashback to Blake's Seven now
1: liberator (laughs) (laughs) bonus points for people to get the reference anyway it's been a long time if nothing else from you for today i think that's it then that's all we want to talk about today you can still support this podcast. You can become a Patreon. Contributions do help us. We're on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit notification bells. You can go to our website at www.roaringelephant.org. There's links there to the Patreon page, YouTube page, and more information about the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter from time to time using the at roaringelephant tag. And you can send the emails with feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is fully liberated Jon.
0: And my name is all up with the culture, Dave.
1: And we look forward to talking to you again next week.
0: Goodbye. See you then.